0: Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Little Help? Little Help? What would you do
1: if I podcasted out of tune? tune? Mm. I I don't know if I would notice that much. Would you stand up and
0: walk out on me?
1: What key are we in? Lend Me Your Ears. This is
0: As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. Lend Me Your Ears, and me and my friend David will talk about a song. That's what the title of this song is a reference to. Right? I would think so. I get by with a little help from my friends. I get high Mm. with a little help from my friends. Maybe
1: Joe Cocker, yeah, Bob Seeger, um, maybe I don't know, i it could be a reference to that, uh I would assume that is the extrapolation of the thought, uh in that it's but it's just so much sadder <laughs> somehow <laughs> it's
0: sadder than even the Ringo version. I get ball with a little help from my friends. I am getting high with peace and love.
1: I am <sighs> warning He's warning you. you with it too. Um Man, this is a song. It sure is. Sure
0: is a song. Sure is the fourth song on Is This Thing Cursed? Um, a tribute to As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. Um This is a record that came out after we started doing the podcast and we were uh, definitely excited and remain excited by it, though I think this was the first instance in listening to it the first time where I was just like, okay, (laughs) that song is just fine. And I tell you what, David, I listened to this song a couple times yesterday Couple
1: times today, and I don't like it. Same, Um, yeah. I so when is this thing curse came out on the Patreon? You and I did a thing where like we listened through basically and kind of gave preliminary thoughts, like a nice listening party type thing, which I think was a very fun way to kind of get initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. But now we've had a couple years, Um, and I think sometimes those thoughts can change pretty dramatically. Uh, things you liked, you don't like. Mm-hmm. Things you disliked, you started to come around on. This one I think I dislike then and like less now, which is not what you want to happen, <laughs> generally. Um, boy, I mean, just thinking about it in the sequence of that record, it just really lands with a thud for me and it kind of mm-hmm. it kind of makes that middle section feel pretty saggy if you ask me
0: yeah it really does and i was listening to it and um like i put it on like i i just started by like searching the track title in spotify i listened to it a couple times and i was like jesus this why is this even on here this is like what the 11th track right And then it's like, oh, no, this is the fourth song on this record. And kind of the first, like, you know, exclusive Dan number.
1: Yeah. I mean, so in that early going, you know, he really kicks off the album. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the first one to sing on the title track that opens it. And him and Matt do a nice job of kind of splitting vocals on that. He's got some, Dan's got some really great parts on Demon and Division, which like, despite as we've talked about, the song's title <laughs> is a song I quite like. <laughs> and I still think is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some courtiness in it, but in a way that I think is appropriate. This one, when it started that first time I listened to it, I was just like, whoo, this like cowboy punk, punk shit is really not my bag. Uh, and it does that kind of the whole way. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's, it's a song that's really, really, really not designed for me in like several distinct ways. Yeah. And it's shocking to me that it came from Dan. I,
0: I don't. So let's like, let's bring it down all the way to like the core of what it is. Cause you say cowboy, um, It's just it's a folk song, like you know, in whatever uh, pocket of uh, folk music we're we're talking about. Just that, like, anybody know where I can get high? Anybody know where I can get high? Let me tell you something about how much I want to get high. Mm -hmm. Anybody know where I can get high? We know, yeah. We know, we know the structure, um, and I think that. With that, you know, you it comes to mind like the 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 folky um, songwriter punk like folk songwriter movement of the mid to late aughts. I'm trying to make the distinction between what Dan and Chuck Reagan and Brian Fallon were doing as opposed to folk punk, which was happening at the same time um but yeah you know this is a song that you've heard in thousands of different iterations and i think that that like link with dan makes sense Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really work in like the All right, let's speed it up because this record is like a pretty fast-moving record, and let's put like a pop punk guitar line on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the the counterpoint I have to that is like there is, if we're talking about like folk-inspired punk music, Mm -hmm. the thing that kind of predates all of that is. I, I guess you could, like, if we were going to go full historical, mm-hmm. we could even go back to The Clash and then run it up a little bit. But, I'm going to say this stuff that, like, like Pogues-inspired bands. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Flogging Molly, mm-hmm. Dropkick Murphy, that kind of scene. um, Like, kind of the late 90s, early 2000s side one dummy roster. Yeah. Gogol Bordello, um, which is a different thing entirely. <laughs> but, but, like... I, I i'm not gonna put it that far but i do feel like this f- is the type of song that i would imagine would be on a flogging molly or dropkick murphy's record mm. that would have a lot more instrumentation and mm-hmm. bells and whistles but i think the literal bells and whistles yes <laughs> but i think the bones of this song structurally thematic, like it's all kind of the same yeah Um, That's what I hear out of it Even more than like Yeah, there was That whole wave The revival tour wave Mm -hmm. Of like Punk singer Picking up the acoustic guitar Writing songs Um, You know We can debate How much mileage that stuff had But like It was a big thing For a while Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of those people At their core Are pretty strong songwriters So like You know I'm not opposed to them picking up an acoustic guitar and just going that route. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does get weird when then you try to take that. And, like, Dan did revival tours. He was a part of that world. Mm -hmm. And then try to take that and put it back into your punk band. It's, like, a weird, like, give and take where, like, you did a thing to get away from the thing you do, the stuff you learned there you're trying to transpose backwards, which I understand. Mm Mm-hmm but it just never really seems to fit for me.
0: Yeah, I think that like the like the basic elements of like folk music, like Woody Guthrie songs, what you want to do with that stuff is steal the fucking melody and maybe the theme of it and put that into your punk band. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's all coming from the same place. Um, But I think that when you lean too much into those, just like more traditional, like structured folky type of songs that like, you know, have different forms that we're more familiar with. And like your point about the fucking Irish um, version of it, or I guess like, you know, the, even more punk leaning Irish yeah, yeah. version of it, or the cowboy stuff, it's just like, yeah, um, it's tough because I know like you know nursery rhymes that <laughs> follow the same structure yeah. here, and also like the song just feels so disingenuous because he's not singing about his life, he's singing about like oh, I used to be 22 and, like, get high. And when you're mm. singing about it as if it's in the present tense, it's just like, okay, dad.
1: Yeah, Well, yeah, I think that's the big problem I have with it. And it's interesting to be talking about this song after we have talked about Smokestack, where, like, that was a song he wrote a long time ago, kind of about similar things, but I think is a much more, like, adult and refined version. And he was... 23 like mm-hmm. I, you know it's just it's it's very odd and i think one of the things i kind of want to get into like as we're talking about like that kind of like <coughs> the idea of traditionals the idea of folk music and like the kind of strange like i understand why people like that music because i like some of that music mm-hmm. but it's interesting to me like how punk really tries to tries to be like tries to take from it in a very reverent way where it's like you know i thought the whole thing and and this kind of gets into why i find a lot of modern punk a little uninteresting is because it's just like pulling from the past Mm -hmm. you know or like trying to take more from american traditionalism and put it into the music than i really care for Mm -hmm. because i if i cared about that aesthetic i just would have skipped the beat and gotten to rockabilly like right. you know but i don't like that so i would rather we not do that uh-huh. personally uh-huh. um so it's just always gets a little weird where it's like ah revivalist tent revival bullshit yeah. is kind of what i feel about all of that when it's supplanted on something that was supposed to like i don't know be a little more um suspect of what those things were um
0: yeah i think that like it's um i think that it's really easy to like kind of uh put the costume on and like write like a a folky drinking song or something yeah. like that but when you listen to some of the best folk music Pete Seeger Woody um they're taking just from like the stories that are age old and also like what's happening in modern times and they're putting it all together mm-hmm. in a way that is speaking to the time as it exists and also let it like using the stories that we all just kind of gather in a collective unconscious um and applying those to where we're at now. I think that we're pers- like we're at a really interesting time I think in art where I see something like struck me the other day where I think it's Guillermo del Toro is making a version of Pinocchio that exists mm-hmm. in fascist Italy. And I yeah. said,
1: "Oh, okay. This well, is that's a- that's an interesting adaptation. Mm-hmm. You know, and it speaks to your point. Like, this song doesn't have a turn. Yeah. And I think those things need to have a turn. Like this song literally I think exists both for whether it is in Alkaline Trio live shows or for in Dan's solo shows for him to be like, Does anybody know where I can go get high? Mm-hmm. And the people are like, Woo and just after every line that. Yeah. You know? Um <laughs> there it's a it's a revelry song which is fucking fine you know that's mm-hmm. I, i'm not inherently opposed to that but like it just doesn't i you know there's a long history of uh, punk rock drinking songs for better and for worse mm-hmm. and but i don't think this has the like humanity of any of it i don't think it has the spirit of any of it it just it feels like you said like it's very removed yeah it's very like Dad walking in and being like, ah, yeah, kids rolling a joint? Yeah, yeah, but a jazz cigarette? <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, man. And, you know, we've talked about it before, but, like, it's kind of shocking to me how, how I feel like a lot of Dan's contributions to this record, the songs he really anchors and sings in full, I think are some of the weakest in his catalog in this band, which is odd because I think he's... He's made good solo work, he's uh-huh. done other cool stuff in the time, but like for whatever reason, I feel like a lot of his material on Is This Thing Cursed just really doesn't hit the mark for me. Yeah, I feel
0: like he did his best to try and keep up with the pace that this record uh was set at, which is something that I think kinda comes and goes in his uh in like his contributions to this band there are positive and negative uh moments where him trying to like play into what matt's doing works and then there's other times where i think in this instance he's instance he's kind of just falling behind Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like he asks these questions in the song but he he's not actually like trying to get the answers he's not trying to get like he's not trying to get high and i think that it there are also a few like lyrics in here that just kind of make me say like dude that's not really cool anymore like you know he talks about like waiting on the next girl who grabs my heart to squeeze the blood right out like mm, i i don't think we're i don't think we're fucking with that anymore dan
1: well and the worst part is it's like the next little girl which is like yeah really really weird and it's like (coughs) that whole thing it's like dude you've been married for a long time and like have a kid and write a lot of love songs and like it just it just has that vibe of someone trying to like really reach back to a past that they are so disconnected from and like mine it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like watching a reboot of a show fifteen years later where you're like, oh, no one's really no one really knows their character anymore. Yeah, and like you're like, yeah, I'm glad I get to see them on the TV, but it's not what I like. Like it's not as good of a version. And I think that's yeah, th- there's that like. That line's weird. There's the weird line about like his Chevy breaking down, and I'm just like, <laughs> "Dog, what are we doing?" Like, I I, I genuinely don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I, I I don't know. It's it's a weird like play acting thing uh, to me. It just really falls flat. I mean, there's nothing like wrong with the song, but also he kind of didn't really write it, because it's (laughs) it's the fucking form that
1: exists already. Well, I mean, I think that's the bigger problem, is like it just feels so tossed off, because I feel like the lyrics really write themselves. Uh Uh-huh. It's it's borderline mad libs of like two lines up top, and then three kind of expository lines that follow, and it's just like, looking to get high, looking to get drunk, Mm -hmm. looking to fall asleep, like, looking for a girl, looking for a rock. It's just like it's just like so by the numbers to me, but musically, yeah, like it's also so like,, <sighs> okay, this is the chord progression, mm-hmm. this is how the chorus all, like it's just a song I feel like I had heard before a thousand times and didn't like it one of those thousand times, mm-hmm. and now I had to do it a thousand and once, you know, like <laughs> that is really my beef with it, it's just like it's very it's stylized without any. Like substantial framing of it in a way that like gives me anything, and it feels desperately long for being as short as it is.
0: It's so long.
1: This song I don't takes un- forty five minutes
0: to be finished.
1: I just don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> like it just feels. Like, I'm in it forever. And I'm a person who likes long fucking songs. Mm -hmm. And this one is just like, it drags to its point. And when you look through, we look through the lyrics on Genius, it's just like, fuck, I'm scrolling forever to get to the end of this song. Mm -hmm. There's so many verses. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I think that's the problem is like, (coughs) the verse can be very boilerplate, but you've really got to do something with that chorus. And there's just, it it just doesn't. It's not even that different, really. And it's just, it's one of those songs that lives to frustrate me because (laughs) it's just emblematic of everything I don't like. And not just this band, not just punk, but like music in general. When (laughs) I like, when the song starts and we're eight seconds in and I'm like, Well, I know how this ride ends. Mm -hmm. It's like being on the teacup ride at Six Flags, but your car ain't spinning. You're just watching everybody else spin around. Yeah. Like, that's what it feels like. Man, I didn't want to come off this harsh, but boy, did I. I think that... I I don't
0: know. I feel very connected to you on this episode because I think I... I think I was about fifteen seconds into listening to this song, and I'm like, I don't like that I'm choosing
1: to be here and <laughs> <Yeah>. i lo- <laughs> and I listen to it multiple times like that's the thing like you know here here's a good here's a here's a good comparison it, within this band's own uh catalog, which is old english eight hundred mm-hmm which is not a serious song by any measure Mm -hmm. i don't think and it's doing a similar thing of playing with real kind of you know traditional yet kooky Mm -hmm. sounds a little bit a lot of like violent femmes in that one a lot of like they might be giants in that one but it's self-aware and goofy and fun Mm -hmm. where like If I, and I have, see them play it live, and you're like, okay, like, they're goofing around. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Are they goofing around on this one? I don't think so. No,
0: they're not. I think that this is, like, in earnest. I think that, more than anything, it's a song to follow Demon and Division. Uh, It's a song for this record, and... It's really just supposed to just keep a pace going. And Mm -hmm. I think that it succeeds in that and bores the fuck out of uh, at least two people Mm. (laughs) in the process.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know they also... And this is kind of what bugs me about it too. Is like from the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh, they are gonna like play this song and like merchandise this song to fucking death." Mm. And like they definitely sold like little help koozies, and I think like shit with like, "Do ain't know where I can find a drink?" Or like what this old fool a drink? It's like okay, like you wrote a song so you could get like an extra three grand a night on tour, like is that what the, this exists for it's just very commercialized it's just very dispiriting um i don't personally love that
0: yeah i think that um for for me there's just a little bit of like added um annoyance i think just at the timing because i think that with the with the moment that we're in currently like These types of, uh, you know, world events are traditionally moments where, like, art sort of um, reassesses itself. And usually that tends to be a just, like, just reduction to, like, the very, like, bottom, to the ground. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what folk is, is that. And so... I've been thinking and um, I think theorizing that this type of like folk music is I think when we see music that comes out from COVID, people are going to have to find ways to communicate what's happening without saying like COVID, you know, quarantine, you know, feel like.
1: So I feel like you know, there's kind of two strands I'll pull on there. The first is like, I just think we have a weird, there's just like a weirdness, I think with how we engage with art with like, when we talk about folk music and like the folk tradition where it's just like that really doesn't exist anymore in the scale and like utility that it used to, like we've found new ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's largely been replaced and I don't, that's not to say like it's an invalid style or an invalid approach, but like, you know, most folk music is really going to probably be tracked by like culturally by like hip hop when in 50 years, like that's where you're going to see most of that, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think even like, um, Jeff Rosenstock put out an EP a couple days ago mm-hmm. or about a week ago now that was like four songs that was just like called it 2020 dump, and like songs are very much that they're folk songs. But they aren't written like folk songs. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to be. I yeah. think they're much more effective for that reason. And I think it's just like folk songs, or as they were often called in the 50s and 60s, topical songs, mm-hmm. um, they weren't very marketable. Um, and a lot of people wanted to distance themselves from it because it was you were seen as being pigeonholed. Um, and now we can obviously discuss like, is that a function of the machine that is the music industry that doesn't want it being critiqued or what have you but like that is what it was and being a topical songwriter eventually just fell out of vogue and that that does fall out of vogue when you're in like largely kind of complacent periods of time Mm -hmm. um but I think it just gets transmuted. It's why people say that like punk became folk music because to a degree, that's what it was. And then I think you could argue hardcore was kind of that. And then I think hip hop took that up and largely ran with it. And now I think it kind of permeates a lot of different things, but like the idea is that it's a tradition, not a style. And I think people want to really just look at it as like, I I think if we're going to define folk music, it should be broken up by era and not like, one sonic sound well yeah no for end. sure i think
0: that this is this is obviously like a structure that mm-hmm. predates uh electric guitars so yeah that's where that's what i'm seeing is just like identifying it as something that i i don't know i think i've been putting um a little bit of like stock into how things are maybe going to happen. This is that Wag that Wagnerism book that I was trying to uh, mm-hmm. get you to give me a free copy of, but that uh, yes, that's for that's for later.
1: But but uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. my point is just more like this is just trying to recreate something that is a hundred years old. Totally, you know, totally. And to me, it's just like, how does that feel? interesting not because we're just so you know <laughs> it's almost like he might as well call the woman in this a flapper like what are we doing my guy like it's just like when i that's the thing is like there's a very anachronistic feel to it and that's when i made that kind of dig at rockabilly it's the same thing yeah it's Just like the americana tradition stuff mm-hmm. is just like it's just you know you're wishing for a world that wasn't as pure and fun as uh it is often immortalized in film and song and, you know, Mm -hmm. shit like that. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think this is just like such a still low rent version of that. Like I I can't, I was trying to think all day, like what is a example of a song like that? I like that's within the past 10 years and or 20 years. And it was just, it was a fucking struggle.
0: Yes. Something to ponder on for us all. Uh, What do you rate this one?
1: I give it a one.
0: I give it a one point five. Uh, this Sir. our podcast. is called As You Were. A podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week, we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. We mostly like them. Sometimes uh, the, the 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 stars aren't aligned with uh us and the song, and that's okay. We got a chance to hang out, chat. And, like, tell me, every once in a while, nothing beats talking a little shit,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Well, yes. I mean, I just don't like doing it because I don't want... If people really like this song, I don't want to, like... I never want to take someone's joy away from them. <laughs> but, boy, for me, this is all for me. Mm-hmm. It brought me none of... No joy. No smiles.
0: If you really like... No more smiles. If you really like this song, um, we we can... Put you in the direction of thousands of others that just do the exact same thing, and you can just bounce around in that until you wanna fall asleep but we're not we're not falling asleep. no way we're just getting started. We have a patreon patreon dot com slash as you were you can vote on the songs that we talk about, and uh we got some you know a little bonus audio content over there we just did a cool wrap of from here to infirmary we got some more plans on the way we're heading into the month of october which is national alkaline trio month so we've got big celebration planned for that and we'll be back here on the feed as always and we'll see you then right, Thanks, folks.
1: ready no where i can okay. go